1: Before we get started on today's episode, big up to the members of the Patreon. We got Nick Chavez, Abel, Ben and Christopher Velasquez, Derek Platis, Devin Rendon, Jordan Riley, Mike Wozniak, Nick Krummich, and Thomas Robinson. If you go to the Patreon right now, you get next week's episode available today. It's patreon.com slash veterans minimum. We're at 58 Patreon members. Would love to try to get to 75 by the football season so go to the patreon we're putting out more more content access to the discord and all that fun stuff and since we are back in the building as you can see the new backdrop is up and running now we got a nice wide shot over there there's your boy right there looking clean brett you see that i love it man i said
2: every time i come in here there's a new bell a new whistle and a new surprise but this is really nice because I've always loved the name Veterans Minimum ever since, you know, we first kind of came in contact with each other. And now you have like the true Vegas ambiance mm-hmm. behind it. So it's like you're selling the point like Roots are in Queens, but the new location, the yeah, new, new shopping grounds, that's right here
1: in Sin City, baby. We had to switch it up. And since it is a UFC card, it's a big UFC card. My favorite fighter in the whole UFC, Adesanya, is mm-hmm. fighting. I had to bring you back on. Got some good feedback when you were back on and love chopping it up with you. We got a lot to break down. And I do want to start... Talking about 287. Before we get into main card picks and how we had our back and forth last mm-hmm. time when we were talking and the betting perspective too, a couple of storylines. Number one, anytime a fighter uses the R word, don't worry guys, I got this. Don't panic. Retirement. How do you feel assessing him going into that fight? Because there are some rumors about Mazardal. Potentially, if he he even said it, if he can't get by Burns, what's there to fight for? I should be able to beat this guy. I think it would be super poetic. And I already told one of my buddies, I was like, Burns inside the distance is going to be my bet, I think. And you could just see it already. Masvidal is going to take off his gloves, drop him in the middle, and he'll say something because he's very catchy and witty. This is where I started. This is where I'm ending puts the gloves down. If I could do it, you guys could do it. Dreamers and all that. My yep. Cuban people, you could see that playing now. He, he puts a bow on it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Puts a bow on his career. A dude who, you know, three, four years ago, bro, was just like a journeyman. George was his nickname. And he went on that run where 2019, he was a megastar. At need of Ben Askren,
2: literally it launched Ben Askren into a a world where we don't still Ben maybe never, never returned from and launched most of in a world at least for the time being that really no other fighter whether they be in contention whether they be you know a mainstream star in their weight class was really on because again set up a big fight against Nate set up everything with the BMF and the Rock it really launched him to the moon and back and also kind of put him in position to compete for a belt against uh, compete for a title held by Usman that
1: maybe otherwise he was never, never going to get, get right and, and also if you go back prior to the knee he knocks out Till in. England, yeah. where Till was coming off that loss to Woodley, but he was still like the top prospect. He was young, he was like what 24, 25 years old, I think he was. Does mm-hmm. so in his hometown. He has a three piece in a soda with Leon. And then even when he loses that first fight to Usman, it was dope because I don't know about you, but I, I give fighters passes when the circumstances are like that. Right? He takes mm-hmm. it on six days notice, oh, yeah. went the distance with him. And then you also, it was a win-win for him because he loses, you say, Well, he didn't have a camp. He saved the card by doing that. But if he wins, the aura would have been like through the roof if he would, we would have won that. It was a perfect position for yeah. him. Yeah. And then he just became a a top guy in in the company. So I think he's an overachiever. He entered the um, the space the space of MMA late as
2: it was and then on top of it had the journeyman run where he fought so much of the best that 170 had to offer and even then during that run he was kind of not so much a live dog but someone you'd consider like a scrapper who was going to be a tough fight for anybody at 170 because where a lot of guys had the edge on him stylistically or you know that those classic MMA disciplines they had the up and up but just him being a fighter, just him being mm. such a fighter. Yes, you may be a better mixed martial artist than me, but right. are you a better fighter? So he was always somewhat an interesting fighter to where you kinda had to think, all right, let's not completely rule this guy out. And then about two years later, he was in the uh, the title conversation. So I think you're exactly right there. And t- on top of everything with the marketing, the way he promoted himself in the media, the way he just really, ass- he, I think he was a guy who realized, look, I'm on limited time here. But I mean, Gilbert Burns may go down as the best, one of the best welterweights you've ever seen to not carry the gold. If this trajectory continues, we'll see what happens if he wins this bout. But obviously, there's so many storylines playing around 170 as a whole. Last time I was on the show, we kind of prefaced that previewing 286. Now, very much the aftermath of all that. But I just think looking at it all individually, win or lose, I think it's kind of it's moral victories kind of hard to discuss. But at the same time, him being, whether he beats Burns or not, not going to happen. I don't mean to completely rule him out, but I'm so big on Burns as you are. But at the same time, it would almost be fitting for him to have an opponent like that because it shows like this is a guy who in most situations wouldn't have no one even near the caliber of Kamara Usman or Darren Till or Gilbert Burns or Colby Covington. He'd be fighting way at the bottom yeah. of the card against guys who may be barely cracking the top 10, 9, 7, or 9, 8, maybe 7. No, he's fighting guys in title eliminators and title bouts. Normally, that doesn't happen. You have to tip your cap regardless of what you think of him as a complete mixed martial artist.
1: Without a doubt. And also, I think Burns has gotten so much hype behind him, too, in a good way, yeah. where he was kind of in that journeyman role, too. We didn't know how good he would be. And then- We thought he was too small, maybe, for the he, weight class. Yeah. Right. Because he was, he was a dude who fought at 155, too. And you're like, damn, this guy is killing himself to go down on 155. Yeah. But he was too small for 170. And he's, he, he's broke. He's done pretty well for himself at 170. He had that banger of a fight. Shamaya. Yeah. Talk about moral victories. Yeah. You kind of exposed Shamayev too. Like, Big damn, time. dude, if you could get to the second round against Shamayev, he's huffing and puffing. He looked a little. And he, he went. He, he went human. He went toe to toe with him on the mat. Like he he was Everywhere. not he was not intimidated on
2: standing on his feet. And yeah. the clinch now he and he's one of those guys who obviously he has the jiu-jitsu pedigree, but he's
1: so effective as a wrestler. He has he has like that offensive based jujitsu. You know. This fight, when you look at it from a betting perspective, and we're going to jump around, we're not going in order. This is the co main. By the way, the mm-hmm. entrance for this is going to be insane yeah. for Maserode. He's going to come out to like that Scarface theme yep. that he always comes out to. The place is going to go nuts. It might be the between that and Izzy, best co main event entrances of all time. Yeah, there's going like, to be a pop. Miami the, Day goes. Sand. Yeah, they're oh, going to yeah. go crazy yeah. for Maserode because he's always been repping Miami. And look, man, uh, the we're going to get to the main event in just a second, but. I think a big reason why they picked Miami was because you still have enough cache with Masvidal yeah. where he's still a main attraction and people are going to be invested in him coming back. It's a good rub, like we talked about exactly, last time. Exactly, yeah, yeah, using the wrestling term. And I think that's a big reason why the UFC is back in Miami for the first time in, what, 20 years? I think it is of because of Ma- Masvidal. Burns minus 520, Masvidal plus 350. I think the only way Masvidal can win this fight is by knockout. That's a catch him. So I'm not saying he has to do
2: a Ben Askren running knee, but it's going to have to be something like that. Like, he's really going to have to set up to catch him with something big. Masvidal's a very good boxer, so I'm not saying he can't. And he's also
1: also very, he's very tricky. Yeah. He He does the switch
2: stances and throws like, Kind of unconventional. Yeah, he could, with like angles, he'll jab from kind of like how Lomachenko does in boxing from like an awkward angle so he could kind of slip so his lead. So it looks lead. like a hook tied Or of, even like an overhand yeah. like where he slips it in over the top. He does a lot of feigns where he kind of just moves his head to one way or the other and it kind of throws you off while also, like you said, rearranging the, the, his, uh, his stance and his footwork. So he's a very natural striker. That's one reason why he was able to carry over from his backyard fighting, you know, aspects and carry those over into the cage because at least throwing the
1: leather and at least throwing throwing... the limbs in a certain way with combinations, with the fanes and all that. And also look at the level of competition that those wrestlers are. You're talking about Covington, you're talking about Usman. All-American national champ type guys, yeah. So it's the cream of the crop. And Burns, I think wrestling, he wants to take it to the ground, but I wouldn't say that wrestling is his strength. No. That makes sense. Yeah. I agree with you. He is a lot better standing than people give him credit for. He's an all-world jiu-jitsu guy. He might be, it's like him, Oliveira, McKenzie Dern, I think are the best BJJ, MMA fighters right now in the yeah. UFC. I who, can't. Who
2: actually like are MMA fighters? Like you could say like Ryan Hall, but like when you're doing like Imanari roles in every
1: fight, like you know what I'm saying? I'm talk- I know what you and mean. Especially like, when we're talking about like content, these are all top five and contenders. Contend, yes, I'm with you. Yeah, no, you're right. They could go in, and I think one of them. I think um I know Mackenzie has, but I, I'm pretty sure Gilbert Burns has one like. Might not be ADCC, but like yeah. one of those, like These holy are, shit, tournaments. Grappler,
2: grapplers' Quest, right, yeah, like or right. um, Naga, something. like They're like those caliber guys, like the same way we talk about Cormier and you know, and and uh, Gave G and Covington and Michael Chandler with that pedigree, that amateur wrestling pedigree. That even if they don't wrestle, it's still there in their hip pocket, and it's so much better than everyone else's. That's like how Burns is, because like you said, even though if you go, you see him mixing it up in the striking exchanges or shooting a double against the cage or clinching in the pocket he's ultimately doing it so he could set up what he's best at. And even if he doesn't get to the jiu-jitsu and he's able to beat you in those other aspects, imagine what it's like when he does. So that's why I think Gilbert Burns, not only is one of the most complete fighters in the well, in the, you know, the welterweight division, but given the way the sport has evolved in just recent years, he is kind of an example of how you can put it all together, still have your strengths. Like you just mentioned Nick with the jiu-jitsu and the great background
1: there with the tournaments. This fight, I think one caveat that hasn't been mentioned too much is it's a three-round fight. Masvidal has been on a lot of five-round affairs last couple of outings. I know he got finished against Usman. Got caught. First time he's gotten finished in the UFC. And that's like the knockout of the year. Right, I mean, like, right. if,
2: if that's the first time you're getting finished with a knockout like that, you know, it's kind of hard to, to dig too deep
1: into that. So the way I would probably bet this, Masvidal to win by... TKO or points because he's not going to submit Gilbert Burns, right? He's thirty-five to one to win by submission. If he gets it, <clears throat> dude, one of the worst nights of my life betting was Glover Teixeira and Yuri. Oh, oh. <laughs> dude! Once so you said that Glover, card, I had a feeling you were going to say Yuri. So that card, I have. I'm back home in New York, going into that main event. No exaggeration, Brett. I have six parlays live, and I'm talking about they. The one outcome might like hit three different parlays. Like I had so many things. And I turned to my buddy, boss, who's been on the show. He was actually out here in Vegas last month for the Jones pay-per-view. I go, dude, I just need this fight not to end by Yuri with a submission. (laughs) Oh, man. Any other outcome, fight goes the distance, was like plus 300. So I had hedged it like, all right, because I have all these finish props. I have Glover by submission. I have Glover by finish. I have Yuri by knockout. I was like, I have nothing by decision. So let me throw a couple of dollars on the decision. Hedge out those parlays. Yep. Like, there's no way yuri's gonna get a submission, right? Like, there's just no way.
2: Oh uh, yeah, I'm with you. Against, especially against a fighter like Tashera, yeah, who's
1: again one of those BJJ guys who's just like world class. Yeah. And then you know, as history <laughs> shows, it's unbelievable. He gets a submission with 30 seconds, and as that happens, I'm hype. My instinct is like, holy shit, I can't believe that just happened. And then my the follow up is. Holy shit! That, I can't believe that, that just happened.
2: It's hard when you lose bets like that. When it's almost something you have to. As a, it's like a direct. Like, I'm a fan, or even just working in the right. in the combat sports media. Someone who you know is a fan or dabbles in content related to the sport. Even if you lose your money in an instant, sometimes it's a. So you get your money's hard, worth from the entertainment right, standpoint. Like, yeah. like, dude, like Yuri Prohaska, one of the most like well, like dangerous fighters, dangerous strikers in all of MMA, just choked out perhaps the best submission grappler. Uh, you know 185 plus in the entire UFC and next thing you know Glo- Glover's tapping out and you're all like what just happened? But the whole fight you were like that because it's one of the most incredible if there's one light heavyweight fight to top that first
1: Jones uh, Gustafson. Gustafson fight it's that, that would be the one yep. yeah Yeah, so with this fight right here Burns and Masvidal Masvidal on the money line is plus 350 mm-hmm. I would I would say just like Gaethje. He's gonna fight for your money mm-hmm. No doubt like we talked about last time Yeah, talked about that last time. However, you could bet in, on some websites double chance, which means knockout and submission, which is a finish or submission and points, points and a knockout. You could get plus 400 on Masvidal to win by points or TKO, yeah. which is probably the only way I would bet the Masvidal Those side. Those are the two outcomes you could see. Exactly. And then on the flip side, Burns at minus 520, bro, I'll never lay minus 520. No.
2: To, if anyone is tuning in right now and is a novice MMA bettor who's only used to betting those money line sides, there is other ways you can profit. Be right about your actual prediction, but more so, be
1: exactly right specifically in how they do it. Burns by points mm-hmm. plus one sixty, kind of like that. I do too. I know I was saying before that I like Burns by finish, but it was more of a joke when I was having with my buddies. I think my official play would probably be. Burns by points at plus 160. He's a great point fighter too. And then you have Mazadol by TKO and points. And dude, I do this all the time where I'll bet, I'm going to bet this, what I just said now. Burns by points, Mazadol by TKO or, or on points at plus 400. And I do that with a lot of fights, dude, because I think I'm a big path to victory. What is the most optimal way this person can win a fight? And I'll play both sides I'll I'll distribute my money, you know, yeah. maybe I'm 1.5 units on this thing because the other one, maybe I'll go oh, yeah. 0.25 units. But that's the way that I like to bet it's UFC. MMA, it's MMA hedge betting.
2: Yeah. And it's brilliant. I mean, you, you train, you know about, like, we both have a background in grappling in some shape or form. You expose your neck on a double leg. You, oh, know, yeah, what, you yeah. know what it's I'm saying? There's, yeah. all, there's all kinds of things. I just don't think he's going to be so aggressive to where it's going to be, like, submission or bust. He's not fearing Masvidal in any capacity. And the and he's a smart enough fighter and a disciplined enough fighter to not box with him too much to where Masvidal could catch him with something. Yeah. I'm with you, I think Gilbert gets him on points.
1: Yeah, and, and I don't think Masvidal is going to go out like a sucker, especially no. if it's if it's going to be his last fight in front of his home crowd and his people, I think he's going to definitely, I think this, look, plus 120 fight ends by points, mm-hmm. nice prop too. Yeah. So that was storyline one when you start hearing the R-word retirement for fighters. Number two, storyline I have here is the the grizzled vet, the sort of gatekeeper in Rob Fonz. Yes. Going up against Baby Mazadol. Yes. Like dude, there's a lot of comparisons between yes. Adrian Giannis, who shady dude, one of my favorite 135ers. That division I think has it's, it's, it's the something. most of my favorite fighters. Mm-hmm san hagen and vera a couple of weeks ago i was like damn dude, i hate when these guys fight like my two favorite fighters like yep. two of my favorite fighters going at it it's one of those like i hope they just have fun it's like it, uh, right?
2: when oliveira fought poirier yeah. everyone's like god
1: someone has to lose yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so so this one's interesting because font is on a two fight losing streak you see this happen often brett and i know you know this people that follow mma know this but to the pure to the to the casuals they might not know this where You're going to see the number next to Font. He's on a two-fight losing streak, but it's two main event fights that he's lost, and he's coming off a little bit of a layoff. Giannis has all the momentum. Five fights in a row, he's won. He's gotten, uh, I think, bonuses in his last couple Mm -hmm. of fights, had that insane knockout of Tony Kelly when they were trolling back and forth. It was in his hometown. So now he has a big spot on the pay-per-view against Rob Font, and you see it happen all the time where it's, that next guy that we want to- It happens all the time. We want to get behind him. He has the momentum. He's flashy. He, you know, he streams on Twitch. He's he's witty on social media. He's, like he's viral. He's yeah, hip. He's trendy. Can, yeah. Yep. You can tell that he's a dude that can have some star potential to him. But he's also
2: getting fed to a bit of a dog. And yeah. I don't mean like, I mean like as in like a the, the junkyard pit bull. Right?
1: Yeah. By the way, best- name of any team in MMA, the New England cartel. That is good. Dude, and I hate Massachusetts, yeah. <laughs> you know, because of the New York-Boston rivalry, but damn, that is a banger of a, of a gym Fighters name. Fighters are
2: right? more, it's kind of like pro wrestling. Fighters in pro wrestling are more creative with that type of stuff than ever before because they realize how social media, the marketing age, Dude, you, you, got, got it. you have it's to so be winning. Cool. You just yeah, have to. It's
1: so cool. So this fight. This is tough. I'm with you. It's super tough. I've been looking at Rob Font at plus 150. I've definitely been looking at that. I love yeah. regardless of how this fight goes. That it's kind of like
2: what we talked about with Gaevchi, despite, you know... He's going to fight for your money. Despite, exactly, with Rafael being a danger, being the right side in the chalk last time we talked about it, but Gaevchi, knowing you're, he's going to fight for your money and knowing that that price, despite it being a dog price, also has enough value to where the books are giving him kind of that, all right, yeah, he's a dog, but we know he's live here. It's the same with the Rob Font. And whether it be a few years ago with Frankie Edgar and Yaya Rodriguez, whether it be the first Francis Ninganu-Stipe Miocic fight, we have seen seen this before where that young upstart whether they be a big time pro I mean Aaron Pico got fed to the dogs like in, in you know in Bellator so we've seen these big prospects whether they be you know in the amateur circuit or they just come and go uh, come in this on the stage and go viral like a Vidal did or someone of that nature we see them get fed to a guy who whether it be a style whether it be uh, as an experience or whether it just be a guy who has a lot a lot of uh, a lot of wars in the past against battle tested opponents look who Rob Font has fought that landscape is so dangerous so competitive him with that price
1: against a guy who is dangerous what's interesting about this fight is both guys have never been knocked out in mm-hmm. the U- in the UFC or actually in their professional career Font has only been finished once and it was a guillotine choke I went back and I was uh, reading a couple of things about that. It was like early on in his career too. Mm-hmm. The only losses that they've had have been decision losses, back-to-back decision losses for Rob Font. And Giannis is one of the better pure boxers in MMA as far as his stand-up. And Rob Font is at that jab. Yeah, you know? and yeah, he works it. And he works it. He so knows, yeah. I he think- sets up his shots. I think this fight is going to go three rounds. I'll be surprised if someone gets finished because both guys haven't gotten finished. Yep. And Chin is there. And chin is there. Yeah, and Rob, they know how to strike. And Rob Font, I mean, all the significant strikes he ate from Cheeto didn't put him away. And that was a five-round affair. Let's not forget that. I think this fight is going to go to distance. I think it might be fight of the night yep. too early on. I mean, not early on. It's early pick as far as right, uh, the program that we're doing right now. But I kind of like Giannis though, bro. But I do, I could see this halfway through the second round. I'm like, you know what? This is the Gaethje physique. You may have, this one may, over. you
2: may have to, you know, and I, sometimes it sucks to second guess yourself. This may be one of those fights where you have a side going in and after you feel it out by, you know, after a round, you're like, maybe I'll jump on the live, the live prize or whoever, you know, you could get. This is one of those fights. I remember I flip-flopped a lot on Chandler Yeah. I remember I flip-flopped a lot on, it actually may have been Mikoshev, uh volkanovsky I'm not playing an outcome of any way, shape, or form. I think this goes the distance. And I think if there were one thing I was firing on, if I were to fire on and you know what, as the show wraps up today, it would probably be that, the prop on the fight going the distance. I've, you know, There's only going to be so much value there.
1: Yeah, Rob Font on points is plus 250. You want to get a little bit greedy, you know, <laughs> get the- an extra dollar there. And uh, Yanez on points is plus 260. Those are both great, though. Like, those are both great. So like you can, theoretically, you could just throw you know, half a unit on each of those. And yeah. then you could just bet the fight, not go the distance at minus 110. Exactly. Hope that it does. Yeah. I'm holding out on moving forward to the main event because there are a couple of other things I want to talk about. Mm-hmm. The third storyline for this card is the youngest of young buck. This dude is back. Raul Rosas. And I love it. I love it. We talk about grappling, man. This, this wizard. guy is Absolute a wizard. dog. So he's opening up the pay-per-view. Did did he no? He was the feature prelim. Yes. Last time he fought. Yeah. Yeah. And it was here in Vegas. He fought uh Jay Perrin at uh the December pay-per-view mm-hmm. it was. So he's fighting again. He's undefeated, seven and zero, going up against Christian Rodriguez, who is eight and one. Christian Rodriguez. I think this is going to be a tougher fight because I think Christian Rodriguez could do a lot of the things that he's good at a lot of the things that Raul Rosas likes to do. Mm -hmm. So to defend, I should say, I think Raul Rosas is handpicking his fights and the UFC is also helping with that. This isn't booked by coincidence. Yeah, I get you. Yeah, yeah. There's a reason why he's a minus 250 favorite.
2: A handpick fight in the sense that it's the right opponent for a f- potential future star in what your boy was against Patty Pemblet or yeah. something, right? But at the same time, it's not a gimme because the matchup of this quote-unquote handpick st- or the uh, the background of this quote-unquote handpick star is just enough to give him a problem. Everything else, I like him to win this fight. But it's kind of that scenario where I thought, okay, he's also
1: going to be tested more than he has in the past here. Well, I think any fight moving forward is going to be testing him more and more. You're on the main main card now. You're on the main card now. And you're not just going to always get cans. You're going to get guys, fighters like him are being spoon-fed opponents that are good at one particular thing the way I've heard boxers get their fights booked, Mm -hmm. where, you know. All of a sudden, you just look up, you're like, where's this dude 25 and 0? How's he 25 mm-hmm. and 0? Where? I'm just hearing about him now. Right. But what happens is they'll give him a dude who's, you know, 18 and 6, but he has a lethal left hook. So, all right, we're going to throw him in there with a guy that has a so left hook. So there's
2: just enough credibility yeah. established. The, along the next the way. fight
1: is going to be this guy is superior with the jab. All right, let's see him against a guy with a jab. Then right. the next guy has a, a superior jab, but he also has a nine inch reach advantage. Well, let's see how. And right. then, so every fight, they're getting more and more. And that's what you're seeing like here saw,
2: Like P- Patty, they put him up against a great grappler. They may be a great, you know, and then you saw Bellator, they put Pico against guys who could strike and it didn't work in his favor exactly. right away because he got exposed. So whether you're a prospect or, you know, whether you're a guy who just came on the scene lately, it's, it's, it's not so much cherry picking in the sense that like in the way that you do when you're a more established fighter, when you're at the top, it's more so picking your spot to know where, all right, these guys are going to be there down the road. I can't get on, get on them too early. I got to get the guys that I know I could establish myself against first.
1: Who you got on this fight?
0: Rawl. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: The final storyline I want to talk about for this card Mm -hmm. is the main event. It's wild to me, but I understand it that people are saying this is a legacy fight for Adesanya. Crazy. He has been dominating since he got into the UFC, I read that only six fighters have headline pay-per-views more than Izzy. Uh, I think he's tied Connor. that is a massive Which is draw. remarkable. Yeah. That is remarkable yeah. when you Dude, think about it. Also, ten fights in four years. Oh, he's active. And we're talking about, they're all like main events. The most part ever since he beat silva it's like you
2: can't go more than three months before he's fighting again yeah. it's like ever since then that's been the trajectory that's been the pattern
1: yeah and i love that immediately he's like yo i want to go back in there i want to uh, i want that rematch everyone saw how that fight played out i remember the graphic being shown i was watching it over at red rock it was minus 1800 in the fifth round yep. as i was fighting yep. he was up 3-1 and yeah, it was deja vu of how uh, Leon and, and Usman, Usman went down. It's like we
2: talked about it last, last time around when I was here. It's like, what happens when a guy gets caught with a, for a guy who has that in his hip pocket, the striking, in Pereira's case, the power, but he was dominating the whole fight. It is the great equalizer, and three times now, the great, not that it hasn't all been through knockout, but three times now, the great equalizer has been too much for Izzy to get through. I'll be in two different sports, but both with striking.
1: Yeah, this is the fourth time that they're fighting each other, second time in the UFC, second time in MMA, and you saw what a massive advantage. Izzy is a, a, an elite striker. Mm-hmm. That's obviously his, the A-plus of his game. Really good takedown defense. Distance control. He's never, yeah, he's yeah. never been a dude that's gonna go out there and shoot takedowns. Like that's not his game at all. But he looked so good doing that against Pereira. Like, where's this guy? It been? Shows you yes. the, the levels, right? Like, even if you're just a little bit better than someone, it could look so like, dude, you look like. Khabib. you could look like the yeah. gap. Yeah, and especially Pereira on the ground looked like he never trained there before. It looked pretty rough.
2: And he has more of a jujitsu background than Adesanya does. Yeah. And again, like uh, any time a Brazilian fighter, it's pretty much like it's going to be, it's par for the course. They're always usually going to have a black belt there, even if they like never, ever, ever use it. Like how, like how, like Jose Aldo had a black belt for years and you'd forget about it because he was never on his back. You know what I'm saying? Like you're
1: never really initiating any kind of grappling exchanges. So, it's like when you see the wrestlers like Chandler and Gaethje, people listening are like, dude, they're not wrestlers. They're not not wrestlers.
2: Yoel Romero won a silver medal. He never even has changed levels once. So, exactly. You can't hang on that. And if you were looking as a complete novice, just going in blindly to that last fight, not knowing much about their backgrounds, Nick, you'd think, oh, Adesanya is the much better grappler and he's a much better all-around fighter. Pereira has the body and he has the power and that really is the ultimate difference here.
1: Izzy is... Plus 160 to win by decision. Mm -hmm. He is almost 60% cheaper on the money line than he was in their first fight. And then you look at how that fight played out. I've been staring at minus 135 for Adesanya for months. I love it, dude. For months. But then again, the ultimate. So here's the thing, right? Playing both sides once again. Pereira plus 250 by knockout in some places is wild to me because that's the only way he could win. That's a robbery. Yeah.
2: Like, like well, robbery, I guess it would be in hindsight to be a robbery. It, 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 you think it's a joke here. Is April Fool's today or was it three days ago? Because it's like like, that's what?
1: He's not winning a decision over Izzy. I'm not betting him plus 114 on the money line Mm-mm. if I want to play Pereira. You're playing Pereira. The best way is he can win. Yeah. Outpointing him, going and, in the distance. And that's his game, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Against everybody. He got, he got a lot of shit against Cannonier because he didn't want to engage. It's like, dude, why? He has a nuclear right hand. That's what I'm saying.
2: Vittori, why would you exchange with a guy who looks like a freaking pro
1: wrestler? Like, yeah. like uh, who's he's massive? Use that jab, prod it out there, and establish the distance. He can't hurt you. So Pereira by knockout at plus anywhere from plus 220 to plus 250. Shop around. You could find that number. I think 250 is outrageous. It's the only way he could win. Yeah. And I keep stressing that. There are certain fighters that there's only one way they could win. He's not going to win a decision because we've seen it. When, when Izzy lost to him in kickboxing, Izzy was up like eight rounds mm-hmm. to one. And then he got, he got knocked out at the tail end of that fight. Minus 1,800 going into that fifth round. So we've seen Izzy be able to dominate this dude on points and to get ahead and to score ahead. So I'm betting Izzy by points at plus 170, and then I'm playing Pereira by knockout at plus two. Let's just call it plus 230. That's brilliant. You know, to though. middle it there, because that's the only way that he can win that. Fight. Mm-hmm. So to me, that's, that's my approach. But could you take a, if you had, and I'm with you because
2: I love the play on the props there that's kind of the theme of the show. Where, uh, last time I was around, we kind of taken more of the sides. But the the value was much different there. On the the the, the card, really, just wasn't as lopsided as a whole. Here, there's a little bit more of a gap, at least in the co-main event. Here, though, here there isn't. So let me ask you this: if you had to take a side, since there really is value in both for the most part,
1: who are you lean in there? Because I got your outcome. This is so difficult for me to not sound biased because everyone knows he's my favorite fighter. Mm-hmm. That's why the legacy stuff drives me crazy. Yeah, because his bones are made. Yeah, I think he's the highest-paid active fighter right now in the UFC he's one of the most popular guys i've always said that his aura outside of the cage three x the fighter that he is and he is an elite fighter right but he's he's with the anime he buys all these fancy cars he was going to be successful no matter
2: what he did right. he was gonna. You. yeah, yeah. Like, he's kind
1: of like a connor in that aspect he yes. has
2: the personality and the mental attributes to succeed anywhere it just happens to be fighting because he's one of the best mixed martial
1: artists we've ever seen and dude you know what's so unfortunate about adesanya we've never gotten to see him actually be on the mic with someone that could combat back with him. think about the fights that he's had right romero his english is like the broken yeah. english where it's funny but you know, Izzy was- And they were buddies anyway going into that. Yeah, they were all buddy, they were buddy, dancing doing dancing back, together. Back back the black backups, yeah. Yeah. It was yeah. There wasn't any heat. He tried to get heat out of Whitaker. He's like the nicest guy. It's and like him Earth, and Wonderboy are on, like the nicest fighters
2: on in, Earth. in MMA. Costa is the only one. Pa- Paolo Costa is the only one. There was some beef there, but the fight was so underwhelming, you forget about it. And and also
1: like Costa, there's the language barrier Yeah, there, where It's gotten a lot better because that, that was back in 2020, I yeah. think, because it was during the COVID era. Yeah. But he was still relatively new, at least as a dominant middleweight yeah. guy at that point. Yeah, I get where, you. Where I've I've always wanted him to fight like Sean Strickland. I want Izzy to win. I think Izzy wins also. Mm-hmm. He comes from a camp, dude, City Kickboxing, where they, they are very game plan specific. Yeah. When they fought Max the second time, they were like, all right, yo, be careful with, you know, stay a little further out of range. Use more of the leg kicks. Like, even yeah. him going more with the leg kicks. And then you saw the game plan that they had against Makachev. and. I, I trust that camp. I trust the head coach Eugene Behrman. And I trust Izzy to be able to figure it out. I think he'll be able to figure it out. And I think Izzy gets his hand raised and and new, yeah. I'm with you. I think he I think he gets the
2: belt back, and I think he puts on a similar outing to what we saw in the last bout. I think any establishes legacy that much more. And I know the legacy word scares you. Anything I know I know we love fighters who have that long reign, but if there's one thing we love more, is fighters who are able to get the belt back. Yeah. That's why John Jones now having like three different comebacks to get the light heavyweight and the heavyweight belt back. It's almost with each passing one, he's appreciated more and more. Cause like cause he's still in his prime.
1: It's it's similar to what you hear in wrestling, how it's always it's always the chase for the baby face mm-hmm. that is more appealing because once you get it, it's like yeah. Not chasing anything anymore. Right. Right. So you saw Adasanya on this long, long run, loses it, stumbles. It happens to be the guy who's his kryptonite, which by the way, Pereira deserves his flowers for the trolling. Yeah. Because the way he trolls Izzy too oh. is in hilarious. But I like Alex. He's a cool dude. Like he's Alex is good for the sport. And, and you know in, what else I like that yeah. he started doing? Did you see the promo where he's trying to speak English? Yeah, like he's giving the effort. Yes, to to, to cross over to the American yeah. domestic audience. Right. You have to, dude. It's so important. It's so important. And that's a big part of that. That's a whole other side, the business aspect of the UFC, which leads me to one thing I definitely want to talk to you about because we're both we're both marks, and everyone knows that I'm mm-hmm. a wrestling fan too. Look, we're not gonna do a WrestleMania breakdown. You right. don't need to panic, but. Endeavor purchased the UFC. They merged mm-hmm. with WWE. Vince McMahon showed up on CN- CNBC, yep. looking like a dude that just made billions of dollars because he didn't give a fuck what he looked no. like with that. Wait, stuff?
2: controversy? What controversy? Oh, That too. I mean, that's yeah. a that's
1: a different that's a different conversation. But I'm just yeah. talking about like.
2: Oh no! Oh, exactly. As far as just the, what he gained from it. Oh my god, the gain and also like his appearance.
1: Yeah. It's like, I, yeah, at this point he's like, dude, I'm like 78 years old. I'm on my last, I'm definitely on like the last hole or back nine for sure. I just made billions of dollars. I don't care how he
2: made the biggest financial move of his entire run. Yeah. When basically everyone thought his run was over. WWE um, professional wrestling and mixed martial arts are ultimately just the same side of a different coin but they're the same coin. That's yeah. what's important to emphasize and here. You
1: always, see, you always see the crossover between yes. the fighters it's that happened. want to be wrestlers with the promos. It's happened for years. Yeah, because that's how you sell fights. Yeah. It's the wrestling aspect to it. And it's the promos what sells. And yeah, of course, that's what's going to get people all, to, to come to your, to your show. And yeah. it's two of the biggest live events and the two biggest broadcasting entities, yeah. promotions for out that, there. For that the deal values the ufc at 12.1 billion yep. like you said four, it's three times what, I initially now bought what it they for bought it at when Fertitta sold it right wwe at 9.3 billion there you go which makes them the biggest players in all of sports and entertainment Endeavor will own 51% of the new company while wwe shareholders will own 49% and what's interesting the parallels are crazy because when they bought ufc They made it clear that, yo, Dana, you still got to run thing. Mm -hmm. You're not going anywhere. No. And it was what they said to Vince, where Vince was away, but they won Vince. They're the masterminds behind this, right? What's funny is Vince McMahon, many, many years back, was asked about the UFC, and he goes, I would never buy the UFC because I can't make stuff. Where in WWE, I could get, you get behind a guy, you give him a storyline. and push and him. You push him. Yeah, exactly. The, the
2: Where, UFC, you could push as much as you want. And we saw it with
1: Sage Northcutt, Paige Vincent If the wins aren't there, it's going to derail. You run into that dude, the hype train derailer. It's going to happen with Patty, right? Mm-hmm. O'Malley's avoided it. Well, he stumbled a little bit with, yeah. with Vera. And then Vera became a hot name because of that. So that's real fighting. That's shoot fighting. Yeah. It's not, uh, well, here's, here's going to be the storyline. There's a the story we're going to tell, and then you're going to go over at the end of it where I could control the outcome. And now to see them merge together, it's so fascinating. If you could do a, a, let's go 5v5 Survivor Series of this year, you got a WWE side versus UFC side. If you were to actually book it for fun, though, Survivor Series, I mean,
2: for WWE, you would probably have to go probably roman assuming yeah he's, he'll he'll be there
1: so, so i'll give you i'll give you yeah, mine give, yeah, yeah, yeah go wwe i'll give you first. mine because i don't i don't think i told you that i was planning in the segment yeah. so give you a chance yeah, you to, okay. to, to process some of these all right so my wwe roster so you got brock lesnar Yep. you got roman reigns that was very easy Gable stevenson i like what you're doing here because by then he'll probably be on the
2: main roster yeah. and again it's like what i said with vince you want to take the guys who can at least have the the feel, the aura of a legit shoot fighter. All three of those guys have a, some type of a shoot background.
1: Matt Riddle. No, no doubt. Who greatest, one of my favorite clips I've ever seen on social media is Dana White rashing this dude. Saying, where else are you going to go and make six figures a year? And then it's him at NXT just. And now it's like, his giving.
2: it's like Rick Flair. Fy- I just want to see Vince and, you know, like you could d- so many guys in WWE can just go up to Dana. All la Rick Flair and Vince McMahon, like we're partners. Like, like that's what can happen here because now they're affiliated somehow. I love all four of those though. What would be your fifth? Shinsuke Nakamura. Another background, MMA background. Look, he's, he's fought at Gracie. Yeah, and, and has a good record. Yeah. Shinsuke Nakamura is Shinsuke one of those New Japan guys that actually crossed over and had some success. I like that. I probably would include all five of those as well. And I'm not just saying that to agree with you just because maybe the only one I try to swap would be Roman. But you can't because he's your star. MVP yeah. has, does
1: jujitsu. Has won a jiu-jitsu tournament, yeah. like
2: a legit one. Yeah, I think it's a purple a pr- belt. I think I he own just own got up, uh, a purple belt. Batista, if he was still there, could work. Right. He has a, he has a, a brown belt, I think, and he has a fight experience. There's a lot more crossover than people realize. But now the question is, who are the fighters you're throwing out
1: there? All right. So, the way we said, Roman, you got to go, Connor. Mm-hmm. That's a given, no right? Doubt. So, Roman Easy. and Connor is a given. Mm-hmm. Adesanya. I'm thinking about guys on the mic. Colby Covington, mm-hmm. I mean, dude, he comes out to Kurt Angle, like that's a that's a that's given the cross, right there. That's part of the crossover, yeah. Sean Strickland, you're gonna need a badass heel. I mean, who's a bigger heel than him? Absolutely, With some of his antics, and then John Jones. Yeah,
2: John Jones, because John Jones could eat. He- John Jones talks shit in simple ways. It's more so like, he, in a, polite way, in a too. polite way. He really just tries to emphasize that you're a good fighter. You just have nothing for me to beat me. Was it Adesanya? Yeah. It has, yeah. Izzy, Colby, Strickland, John Jones, and Connor. I could say, and I could say maybe just because he's gotten a lot better on the mic and he's a lot more like, I guess you could say all around feisty than he once was when he was more so just showing up and kicking ass. Maybe if you want to throw like Strickland out there, Maybe a Volkanovski and swap him in there.
1: Yeah, and the cool thing about like Covington and and Strickland, you you can never see them being babyface. No, they're a, like the other guys could play both, right? right? Like you go on like you can be your eighth to you twelve can be month run, and yeah. then you know you turn heel or you turn babyface. And and it's funny too because like man, you
2: you would love because again I met the reason I mentioned top team in AEW is because you took active fighters you know, for the most part, even though, you know, Paige was doing, you know, bare knuckle boxing, all that. but somehow they were active. All those guys as com- current competitive uh, prize fighters and they worked WWE cross promotion. We're not going to see it just like that, but don't think they're not going to try. I mean, Vince McMahon tried to propose a shoot fight for Dana White at WrestleMania one time. It's everything. It's the packaging, the presentation. Everything is going to be improved by this because there's so much money now to be made.
1: Yeah, and the wildest thing about it is how many times the UFC has shied away from wrestling, but everything mm-hmm. they do is wrestling. It's wrestling.
2: It's the whole format of how they Having market. Having Brock
1: Lesnar come into the octagon With Daniel. when DC yep.
2: was, was the champ and. Showing, the Mc- showing Triple H and the McMahons in the audience. You right, show, right, right. Yeah, but, but also like. They don't shy away go- from
1: it like they used to. Let's go back to when Conor threw the dolly. Wasn't that the most WWE they promo ever? package
2: that they did? Remember when Connor started just dragging John Cena and Ric Flair and all the wrestlers on Everybody, Twitter? Everybody, yeah. Like Connor knows and Rick that he got his so much of what he does from wrestling. Ric Flair called him out. He said, You're welcome for your gimmick, by the way. It is all taking a huge page out of Pro Wrestling's book. I
1: mean, I, I always say everything is wrestling.
2: Everything is wrestling. That's why, and that's why yeah. I wanted to emphasize, like it is literally Vince McMahon and Dana White have always been dealing with two sides of the different coin. It's fitting that now due to business practice, those two sides are going to be in the same boat.
1: It's going to be really fun. And I think the deal becomes official at the end of the year. Yep. It was similar to when they signed that deal with Fox, WWE that was for SmackDown. And it was announced like 18 months beforehand mm-hmm. that at the end of the, you know, the end of, 2018, whenever it was that they were going to move over to Fox. So it's very similar, but it's going to be exciting, man. I think it's going to open up a lot of opportunities also for these fighters that when they're done taking the real bumps and the real punches to the face. They could pivot over, and you see a lot of guys that are really good on commentary that I think is going to transition. Dude, Jimmy Smith was calling was great Monday Night was great Raw. on Monday Night Raw. Yeah, D- so they had Daniel that-
2: Cormier. Given the fact what he just was doing covering WrestleMania, the fact that when they first announced the deal with Fox because UFC was leaving Fox to ESPN, obviously ESPN got Cormier. Fox wanted to keep DC to do WWE commentary. Yeah, without a doubt, and it's going to be fun to see how this all. I've been uh, chewing this over because, given where we sit right now, the Mavs. Oh, yeah. My boy. NBA postseason picture. Your boy, Kyrie. What's the deal here, man? What goes
1: down? Do they get in? Look, I don't know if they get in. What I do know is I've shot so many videos throughout the (laughs) years where I've said the same thing. And I'll bring it up once again. Remember when you were younger and you would break up with someone and you would say, it's not you, it's me. Right? Oh, yeah. Well, that's the easy go-to. With Kyrie, it's it's you it's definitely you it's,
2: and it's for sure not me
1: because Bye. he anywhere he goes he is ultra talented he's the best dribbler of a basketball i think i've ever seen in my life And i've been watching the nba mm-hmm. for like 20 years the best handles i've ever seen without without a doubt and his level of being able to turn it on and turn it off is like any other athlete all the, ever because he'll go out there and drop like 25 and a quarter and then he'll disappear for two weeks. Like, he'll literally disappear. Like, he'll just abandon his team and be like, yo, I'm just not playing road games. He, he makes Randy Moss look like consistent bro, it's, <laughs> with his it's, effort. It's That's unbelievable. And it, it it ended bad in Cleveland and it ended bad in Boston. It ended bad in Brooklyn. It's going to end bad in Dallas because he's a free agent after this. And you also need to think of the ramifications of what is this going to mean for Luka? Luca's been in the yeah. playoffs the last couple of years. They they were a Final Four team last year, to use the college basketball theme mm-hmm. and terminology. And and we're talking about the, t- the at the time we're recording this right now, right. it's Wednesday afternoon. It's it's April 5th. They're not in the playing game, which is wild because they were out of the play. Like they were a top six seed. They were so close when he got there.
2: For, and obviously, with what we saw last year, the Warriors went on a hell of a run. That was the whole story there. But the main conversation in the wake of that was, all right, well, the Mavericks are getting pretty close here and that's without a whole lot of help surrounding Luca. But it's kind of like what you say, how you said, it's not you, it's me. That's like a classic, like a cliche almost in relationships. But you know what also is? If you break up with every single person you're with and they're always the problem, That's also a cliche too, bro. And that's what we're looking at with Kyrie. Dude, essentially.
1: I use the divorce analogy all the time where if in seven years I got married and divorced four times, you'd be like, hey, man, you're not too good at this thing. I don't don't think it was Susie and Katie and and Shannon. I think you might have been a piece of shit throughout. because the common denominator is you. you. And that's the same thing with Kyrie Irving. Look at the pattern. It's the same thing with Kyrie Irving, man. You're a hell of a talent. And that's why he's going to keep getting chances yeah. also. Because that's what look. makes it so frustrating. You almost wish he was a little little more
2: subpar because then you could say, well, all right, what are we even doing here? He, he warrants enough of a conversation given his skills to be in the picture of any NBA ball club across the board
1: because he is that good. Well, it's the sad reality of what life is. If uh-huh. you're ultra talented, people are going to put up with your shit yeah. until they're not. Yep. But they're going to keep giving you chances. You get more strikes. Yo, he's going to sign three for north of 100 million once again because there's going to be some team that is going to look at the, yo, he drops 24 and a quarter, and he does all these things where he shows up and he could be the best player on the floor when Steph Curry is out there and Klay Thompson is out there. But quickly, you're going to realize that this is what happens. You have to gut your team because another reason why the Mavericks are struggling is because they gave up all their pieces in order to bring bring him in. And now he can opt out at the end of the year. He's he's gonna opt out because that's what every player does, and it's, it's not gonna end well, man. And then look, Luca Luca's is gonna be looming soon. You don't think that's gonna sour Luca, which is probably the most devastating thing if you're if you're an organization. You have he's a guy showing like that, his frustrations now, right? He's expressed it. He he gave he gave his flowers to Jalen Brunson. He's like, man, I miss him. Yep. Shout out to Jalen Brunson and the New York Knicks um, making the playoffs. And that's another. As you guys could see, Shady, yeah. I got the orange, <laughs> the, and the blue, and the orange. You know, got a ref for New York making the playoffs. But if you're Dallas, and a couple of weeks ago I was saying, well, you know what, man, this is why hindsight is 2020, and information changes the narrative in, in any sport. Mm-hmm. Where a couple of weeks ago I was saying, well, you know what, dude, I like that Dallas is at least trying to bring in names. Yeah, they're trying to. They brought in Porzingis. Did it work? No, but they tried. Right, they're trying to bring Kyrie. Well, you're losing all these assets. You're making the yeah. team worse. Are you
2: trying to be better because it's looking like you're not? Because now you're not as far theoretically
1: as you were last year. And you're souring Luca, who should be the one piece you want to keep happy. What do you do? you want like 5% of the Mavericks? Yeah. Like, what is it that we can <laughs> Come make Come on, happen? Mark. Help like, him out, Mark. We need to do whatever it is to make you happy. Come and on, if keeps. he's voicing his frustration in public, what is it like in private? Exactly. What it's like when he's off Twitter. Everyone says like
2: if they're tweeting about it. Every time someone, an athlete or someone involved in a you know an organization is tweeting, I'm thinking, all right, this is what they have enough conviction to say in front of the masses. Imagine what they're saying when they're
1: not on record. Well, anything that gets leaked always gets leaked. Calculated, right? Like it's, it's never not, just a random. It's like, not accidentally no, out bro, there. Someone, someone in your team wants you to put that shit out there. If I'm, if I'm Lamar Jackson, yeah. And I'm looking for, let's say with Luca so we don't confuse people. But if I'm Luca and I'm having these issues and I tell one of my buddies, I'm saying it with the intention of put that shit out, the media. It's a perfect example. Haven't
2: you ever been fed up at work and you don't necessarily want to say something to management, but you know, the person you're talking to is going to have the chance to say something to management. So you kind of get in their ear because, you know, listen, if you, if anyone's going to come to the boss with our problems, he's going to laugh at me, you a little high up on the ladder, he may listen to you. So I hope you're hearing these grievances when we're airing them. Pro sports works out the exact same thing. When you look at his resume, I don't want to say it's wasted talent. You could look at his NBA career and say, coming out of Duke, he probably has done what he is supposed to do, but it could be so much better.
1: Nah, no, I think I think it would. I would. I would say that he's been. There's been a lot left on the table. Yeah,
2: right. A big what if? If you give someone context of what he's missed, it's like what you just said. It's a big
1: what if. It's a big what if for sure. Where can people find you on social media? And I was hyped to have you on the show.
2: Yeah, man, absolutely. Brett Lawson, LV on all social media platforms. I also host a weekly show on the digital front. It's called Student of the Game on the Go Live Vegas radio uh, radio and television network. You can catch us on the live feeds on all the social media platforms, as well as your smart devices, the radio feeds on the smart speakers. I'll be active this weekend talking about the fights as you will be as well. And I would love, as we talked about off air before we got going here, I'd love to have you co-host my show, Student of the Game, here in the next couple of weeks, maybe recap the festivities and all. Also- also dive into some of the other stuff we haven't hit on as much on this show. Uh, there's so much to talk about, both in terms of betting and just general general amusement for sports. So I'd love to have you on. But again, follow me on all social media platforms. And uh, I uh, very much love how you cut up the la- the show last week obviously hindsight 2020 with justin gave winning that bet but thank you for that little rub there at least if we're going to cut up the ones parts of the segment that we had at least with some you know
1: winning play so hopefully we could do that again the same for this card coming up on saturday we will we will we bounce back like we always do veteransminimum.com where you can find all things vm at nick day as 10 as you can find me and remember you can listen to next week's episode on the patreon right now check it out and we'll catch you guys next
0: time